You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast, except when we're reviewing movies that weren't on VHS. Uh, we got a Blu-ray here this week because we are finishing off our Rambo franchise. So, Matt, what are we reviewing? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that has deep ties to the VHS world because the first three were out during the VHS heyday. Um, but we are finishing off Rambo series with the movie Rambo. It's the fourth one in the series. So we go from First Blood to Rambo, colon, First Blood Part 2, to Rambo 3, to Rambo, which then is ended with Rambo, colon, Last Blood. These titles are bananas. <laughs> yeah, so let's listen to the Lionsgate slash the Weinsteins Company trailer. He is a legend of war. A soldier without a country. You know his name. And you know what he's capable of. I was told it might be possible to rent your boat. We need to get upriver. Where? Into Burma. Burma's a war zone. Up the Salween River is our best alternative. I can't help you out. Please, that will help change people's lives. Are you bringing in any weapons? Of course not. You're not changing anything. What happened? Well, no one knows. You know what you are, what you're made of. This is crazy that this went from Carloco because they went bankrupt to then being bought out by the Weinsteins to then the millennial millennium media getting involved with new image, which millennial media owns a lot, a lot of stuff. I see this on a lot of like Tubi stuff I watch because they have such a large international library. Yeah, Millennium Films, New Image, these are former 
canon guys. So now we finally sort of have Rambo in at least the bloodline with canon because we've got uh, Avi Lerner and uh, Boaz, Boaz Davidson, uh, who are both former canon guys who went off and did their companies, Millennium and New Image. And so now it feels like Rambo's coming home. <laughs> yeah, so this came out, what, for you around the end of high school? Yes, this is 2008, the year I graduated high school. Did you watch it in theater? Yes. Me and my best friend at the time, Michael Yakabuchi, went and saw this movie the day it came out in theaters because we were hyped. How could you not see that trailer? You played some of it. You heard it. Um, like, how could you not see that trailer at like 17, 18 years old and not be like fucking hyped to see this movie? I had grown up, uh, I talked about it a lot in the second episode in uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2. I grew up with that movie in my house all the time. So like I was so hyped that, you know, 20 years later we were going to get another Rambo. And so me and Yako went and saw this. If you're listening, Yako, shout out to you. <laughs> but we had a great time going to see this movie when it came out because we were we saw everything together at that time in 2008. And we were so hyped for this. Yeah, I went with my friend Ryan. At the time, Ryan and I saw a lot of films together. Um, <laughs> and this one was huge to him. He was a massive Rambo fan. 20 years since the last Rambo. He's like, you got to go watch this with me. And I'm like, how am I going to say no to a Rambo film and my friend? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, we went and watched it. And I can tell you, I don't think I'd seen this movie since then. I could be off, but I'm pretty sure 2008 and 2021 are the only times I've watched this Rambo. And I owned it on DVD and did not even know it. Until we decided to review the Rambos. I'm like, you know, I better look through my collection and see if I have any of these. There you go. 2008 Rambo on DVD unopened. I'm like, come on, Steve. <laughs> Damn it. I must have bought this for like $5 like five years ago. And I'm like, eventually I'll watch this. I found this DVD in the laundry room of my old building I used to live at that somebody stuck a post-it to and said, take these. So <laughs> I did, and, and now I'm glad I did because I got to cover it here. <laughs> That's, I, I get a lot of DVDs that are mostly like just hanging out with books that say free on them. I'm like, okay, hey, this, this looks like some weird German action film. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah i mean i i i love movies i collect movies uh, but free doesn't get me all the time but when i see rambo in the stack i'm like all right we'll talk <laughs> yeah rambo's acceptable yes i don't take everything but i will take stuff that fits in my wheelhouse and rambo this one in particularly is very much in my wheelhouse <laughs> let's start the game of matt guesses the box office total now, Matt, I'm going to let you have a choice. Do you want to guess domestic or international? Or or do you want to or guess the whole shebang? I'm, I'm old school, so I usually go domestic. Okay. Um, and my guess for domestic for this, or are you going to well, give you, me uh, some uh, options? Yeah, here, I'll, I'll let you know what, what came out in the dreaded January month of 2008. Uh, so you and I both, all of our friends, you and I, had to go through the shitty weather of January in Chicago. Uh, I This was cold. You know this was like 
10 degrees, maybe negatives. You know, you know what it is in like in Chicago. It's at the point in Chicago, January or February, where we all look at each other and go, why do we still live here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know that me and Yako drove out to Rosemont to go see this. Too. Oh, you uh, went to the giant like 30 plus. Yeah. Yeah, we drove out to Rosemont to see this and uh, uh, in the snow, in the cold, because we wanted to see it in like the biggest, loudest theater possible. (laughs) Yeah, Ryan and I went to the Woodfield Mall. Nice. Nice. We saw it in that one. Well, it's not actually in the Woodfield Mall. It's across the street, but whatever. Anyone from Schaumburg, Illinois knows what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so the movie's coming out at the same time here. We had One Missed Call. Remember that one? Saw it (laughs) in theaters. (laughs) Uh, This one was still in theaters, but probably not a main competition. Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Saw it. Yep. <laughs> uh, something called First Sunday. Uh, we had 27 Dresses, the romantic comedy. Did not see either of those for sure. Uh, the Bucket List. Didn't see that. <laughs> Is The Bucket List, was that an Adam Sandler? Oh, no. That's no. Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, old people movie. That's old people movie. Okay. And we had Cloverfield. Yep. Saw that. And National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh, I did not see that in theaters, but saw that one later. Okay, so 2008. This is this is a. I feel like kind of a special time. This is like we are finishing. I'll get to the box office. <laughs> I'm just gonna muse for a minute. This is a very special time. Like this is we're coming off of sort of this great period from like 02 through I'd say like 08, where like horror was king kind of we had like a new horror movie out every week and i'm talking about this because like lionsgate who put this movie out is very was very responsible for like a lot of them and so and we in 2008 kind of became like a transition year because we then had marvel happen in 2008 later we had uh dark knight came out in 2008 and both of those really changed the game. Like we didn't really see too much of it happen in 2009 yet. 2009 was kind of a dead year, but by 2010, which you know kind of kicked off the era we're still in, which was kind of the big superhero boom era. Uh, 2008 was kind of the end of this kind of, I would say this kind of movie. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we had a lot of horror stuff, like I mentioned, but like this big action movie in 2008 also had like Indiana Jones come out and some kind of exciting eye candy movies that, uh, again, before this big superhero boom where those kind of took over the franchises. So 2008 was, is, has a special place in my heart, uh, for this. And if I were going to guess what a movie like Rambo would make in January, I'm going to say it's pretty low, but a higher end because it's Rambo. So I'm going to go with domestic 40 million. Oh, man, that is one of your best guesses. 42 million domestic. We're in my we're in my prime here. We're in yeah. my zone that I'm operating in <laughs> now. The 88, I wasn't even alive yet. Oh, yeah, I was seeing every movie that came out. So, (laughs) well, this movie always reminds me of that, like really dark, large, you know, like popcorn action film where they got really, really bloody, really gory, uh, dark. They were either dark and gory or just dark. Uh, Some of them didn't, you know, didn't quite go full into the gore. But, you know, like it reminds me of stuff like Smoking Aces. I am Mm -hmm. legend. Mm hmm. 
Uh, yeah, it was just a, a certain period. It was pretty much ending, I would say, the 9-11 films where everything had to be dark and kind of, well, I guess even Sweeney Todd was part of the end. Yeah, I mean, like this is that period I'm talking about from like 02 through this period in 08, before, you know, pre-Marvel, pre-Dark Knight. Like, yeah, it is. It's that post 9-11. And I think that's why like horror was so popular at that time, because we were living in fear all the time. Yeah, this is that 9-11 kind of filmmaking, which was dark, like you said, gory, violent, but re you know, reality kind of based a little bit. It wasn't so much like monsters anymore in the horror movies and the action movies. We, were oh, we had like, stuff like Munich coming out. Yes, yes. Reality based, but but still, you know crazy <laughs> it was just a different time um now with the you know with the streaming coming out with so many movies amazon prime netflix hulu all these movies coming out i don't know if there actually is a common theme anywhere because there's too many people making films which might yeah, be a great thing but it will be harder for us in the future to track yeah, like we really can say like this period was this way, but how are we going to look back at 2021? Because <laughs> the market's been flooded. So, but I, I do think in a way, in a way we are still kind of in this superhero genre though a little bit because those are the only blockbusters we get right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Once the superhero films came out and the megaplexes and everything, that's all they play now, it seems like. Yep. I'm, there is a few more, but most of the money is going to DC and Marvel. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's why, like, even though uh, 2008 was just culturally, I feel like a disaster of a year. I, I am a little bit nostalgic for this time for movies because this was the last time it was kind of the stuff I liked everywhere. Well, this was, this was the start of the Obama years, right? Yeah. I don't know how much of that had an, with an influence in movies, but I feel like this is the the end of the dark, gritty era. It wasn't completely. Obviously, there were more films to come out, but I do get you. This seems to be like one of the ones that were just it's it came out a little too late. If this would have came out in 2005, 2006, it probably would have hit better. Yeah, I think it would have been a mega hit if it would have dropped then. Uh, so unfortunately, it was at the tail end of this beautiful period. But uh, alas, 40 million in January is nothing to be bummed about. <laughs> yeah, it's in the dumping month. Uh, January is always known that even though we did have some decent films come out around that time period, you know, the budget of this was $50 million. Uh, I know they spent a decent amount in marketing internationally. It made a total of 113. This was not a hit. It was very moderate success. What really took this over the top is some countries really latched onto the DVD sales of this and the Blu-ray sales. And one of them is Germany. And I find that weird. This doesn't seem like a German film that like Germany would like this. German likes more of the like weird action. Yeah, I think, though, this still falls in, though, that dark horror-esque kind of thing though so maybe in that realm that might be of their particular interest yeah and the other one that this hit well in is australia hmm. they like rambo down there <laughs> I, well at least this one i don't know you you just never know where these are going to hit internationally uh, i mean some things you could tell right away if it's like a weird action film with a bunch of like you know leather tights and naked ladies it's going to be german even if there's boobies and and penises in it germany is going to be like okay we're into it we don't <laughs> care 
they just like the weird stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, France has got their little kink that they go on. They like their whole torture shit going. You know, the super gore, whatever. Whatever kinks, I'm not judging you. I am judging Australia, though, because those fuckers <laughs> just go everywhere. I don't know what the hell they're going to like. Yeah, they are surprising. They will keep you guessing. <laughs> America and Canada is like, we know what we like, but we can't predict you fucking Australians. <laughs> and for whatever reason, Rambo 4, they latched on to. <laughs> and I'd like to say to all the Australians that listen to us all the time, I see the downloads. We love you. Yes, we love you down on death. <laughs> we're not judging you we just don't know what the hell you're gonna like <laughs> yeah what what hollywood product are you gonna actually pick up on <laughs> I, I i see those kiwis underneath they're like we'll, we'll we're just into our <laughs> weird lord of the Rings stuff and we're into that too <laughs> no judgments here okay let's get back on to our movie here let's describe the front so i think the poster's a lot better where it just says stallone rambo written over Rambo's face and he's got the arrow like cocked back he's ready to to unleash it on some victim I think in this shot it was actually one of the mercenaries but I love that theater trailer I think it's awesome that's perfect I don't need any more done but they didn't put that on the DVD <laughs> now now we get to the DVD which both of us or blu-ray which both of us owns the Lion Gates one we've got a quote here on the top left more intense than ever Craig out there yeah, Althea or something. Althea, Althea from the Orange County Register? I've heard of that. Okay, so I've heard of that paper. And then we got Shockingly Entertaining from Mark Rathner of Seattle Times. Eh, not the biggest names, but whatever. They got someone. It says Stallone, Rambo. The fight continues, all centered. Underneath that, with Rambo all in the rain, holding his shoulder from you know being hurt. The best Rambo yet. He is back with a vengeance. Is it the best Rambo yet? Mm, I think it's better than the third. That might be controversial between these two hosts. We're going to find out. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, we're going to wait till we get into the movie and I will let you know what I think of this one. Yeah. So do you want to read the back? Yeah. So we get a quote or not a quote, a tagline here at the top. Live for nothing or die for something, which is something that uh, he says in the movie. This Movie is once again chock full of Rambo one-liners, which num, 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 keep them coming. So, uh, live for nothing or die for something. We get Rambo with his arrow looking intense in the rain among the weeds about to shoot somebody. And we get the description of the ultimate action hero returns with a vengeance. After spending several years in northern Thailand operating a longboat on the Selween River, John Rambo, Sylvester Stallone, reluctantly agrees to carry a group of Christian missionaries, not mercenaries, <laughs> missionaries into war-torn Burma. But when the aid workers are captured by ruthless Nationalist Army soldiers, Rambo leads a group of battle-scarred, combat-hardened mercenaries on an epic last-ditch mission to rescue the prisoners at all costs. Yes, the movie of those dangerous Christian mercenaries. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think the Christian missionaries are more dangerous than mercenaries, but that's a whole another conversation for a whole another day. <laughs> they're certainly more annoying. Hey, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just get into the film here. Feature presentation. And now our feature presentation. This one is something, isn't it? This is by far my favorite Rambo movie. <laughs> this is 
everything I want and more in a Rambo movie. So you take out the sort of, I guess, quote unquote, real aspects of it. And you just look at this as like an exploitation movie, which it's Rambo four. Duh, it's an exploitation movie. This movie's a fucking gore fest. And I loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you how it got to this is originally when this was picked up by Miramax in 1997 after Carloco went bankrupt. The plan was to immediately come out with a sequel. And I mean immediately to hit the 10-year reunion. Stallone did not want to do that. He didn't want to rush a film. He wasn't inspired. He didn't think it was the right time. He wasn't in shape. What he thought was Rambo shape. All this stuff came up. And then... Miramax was disappointed, but understood and decided to go, okay, we'll wait. They decided to kind of put it on hold for about five years and then maybe hit like the 15 year and which makes sense to them. And then nine 11 hit that changed things. Not going to do a Rambo at that point. No, uh, they didn't feel it was the time, even though Stallone was more inspired. So they start a bunch of scripts and this script went through hell. This script changed so many times that I'm not even going to go through all these. You can literally go on Wikipedia and look some of them up from the third. You can look at the third film. It shows some of the sequels they thought about after that one to some of the pre-production. It's so many. It's so many different directions that they could take Rambo. And I'm assuming that had a lot to do with the time period and then 9-11 hitting. And how do you tell a story of a soldier like this at the time period? So they let a few more years pass. And eventually they get a script that they're okay with, but they want Stallone to approve it. Stallone doesn't really like it, makes a few changes, which then pisses off the director and the director walks off, says like, you know, I'm just not going to do this film, everything like that. So then Miramax and Millennial Films, let's have Stallone do this. It's Stallone. He knows how to direct. He knows how to write. And Stallone didn't want to direct it, but he knew if he didn't, you know, he wouldn't hit the 20 year reunion from the last one. And then he kind of convinced himself, hey, it would be fun to see what type of film that Rambo would direct in a Rambo film. So he kind of like played this as in Rambo directing the film. And that's why we get this insanely gritty, brutal, bloody film. Now, also that had a lot to do with they cut the budget by about 30 million dollars. I don't know why they cut it. They just did. So it went from an $80 million film with a market budget around $30 or $40 million to a $50 million film with a market budget around $30 or $40. So essentially, all these companies wanted to get this out under $100 million. There you go. Basically, Stallone said, well, it's got to be gritty. It's got to be real because blood is cheap. Violence is cheap. He's right. And it's kind of perfect that it's coming out you know, from Lionsgate, because Lionsgate is coming off of Saw, Hostel, sort of reinvented the game in terms of like the gore movies. And and actually, it's funny because in 2008 is around the time when Lionsgate is like, okay, we're embarrassed by these kind of movies. We need to not do these anymore. Um, and they start drifting into more, you know, well, this is how Hunger Games comes about later and how like the Tyler Perry movies became the pop after that, where they're making a Tyler Perry movie every month or whatever. 
Lions, but Lionsgate in the two, you know, from like 2003 to like 2007, they were the horror company. So it made sense that they were going to put out this ultra gore Rambo thing. Yeah, and they worked with Miramax quite a bit, didn't they? I think they've done some movies together. I think, and I think through, you know, the Weinstein company closing and stuff like that, Lionsgate has swallowed up the rights to several of the movies as well. So it's gone that way too. Yeah, I think this was at the point. At one point, Lionsgate was going to split into two different films where they were going to have the B films go somewhere. Kind of like what Miramax did with Dimension. Mm-hmm. And they were going to have a cousin company. But somehow Lionsgate decided not to do that. Again, I don't understand why these companies are embarrassed by that. It built your entire foundation. It's okay. And summer of 2008 was pretty sad because then they decided to bury Midnight Meat Train, which they had acquired, and one other, uh, Blood Creek maybe, the Joel Schumacher Nazi movie, Nazi horror movie. Uh, They decided to bury them because they were done with horror. So Brambo got in just at the right time before Lionsgate decided they were embarrassed by gore and horror movies. So... Good thing that January release happened. <laughs> yeah, Blood Creek's interesting because it has Michael Fassbender and Henry Campbell in it. Yeah, before before they were the stars they are today. So and yeah, and Midnight Meat Train also was Bradley Cooper. So again, they just shot themselves in the foot with these movies. <laughs> that movie had Bradley Cooper in it. Midnight Meat Train, yeah. Oh, Midnight Meat Train, yeah. I but it, it was part of that same deal where they started burying their horror stuff. Yeah, have you seen Midnight Meat Train? Oh, yeah. I adore it. I tell everyone to go watch that. It's actually a lot better than you think. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I think it's great. Uh, yeah. Vinnie Jones and everything. Uh, Brooke Shields makes an appearance. Which I'm like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Ted Raimi gets his eye bludgeoned out of his head. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's on Tubi. You can watch it for free. So if anyone wants it, I think even your Prime subscription has it. I watched it on Tubi, though, which disappoints me because if it's on prime i didn't have to sit through all the goddamn ads (laughs) commercials (laughs) stupid steve it's all right it's okay you've you've paid for somebody's uh lunch that day by watching those ads so (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) fractions of pennies for lunch probably yeah so let's pop this tape in feature presentation and now our feature presentation Okay, so we get this scene. We paint this scene of Rambo being like a snake capturer, snake tamer who sells it to these, uh, you know, gamblers who are doing all this shit with it. None of this is really important, but it does paint a picture of like what Rambo's doing to survive. He knows the land. He knows the river. It kind of is said that he is an expert around this river. You kind of understand why these christian doctors i don't know what they are i guess they're teaching christianity to folks but at the same time they're curing them from all their aliens i don't know whatever but the doctor these type of characters i fucking hate where they're like we we're coming here for peace we're trying to save lives here and stallone's got a great line is like do you have any guns then you're not saving shit you're not changing shit. You're not changing any anybody's mind out there. <laughs> and these these people who come in, and this is like movie logic, okay? I get it. They're trying to upset you. They're they upset you. They're triggering you with these stupid idiots who are trying to go into like war-torn territories and try to negotiate with people who don't give a shit. You're not changing anything. People will just keep dying. 
I know you don't like us. I never said that. Well, it looks that way. We need to go and help these people. Who you helped? Them or you? Does it matter? Yeah, it matters. Them. There's nothing missing in our lives back home. We're here to make a difference. We believe all lives are special. Some lives, some no. Really? If everyone thought like you, nothing would ever change. Nothing does change. Of course it does. Nothing stays the same. Live your life because you've got a good one. It's what I'm trying to do. No, what you're trying to do is change what is. And what is? That we're like animals. It's in the blood. It's natural. Peace, that's an accident. It's what is. When you're pushed, killing's as easy as breathing. And the killing stops in one place, it starts in another, but that's okay. Because you're killing for your country. But it ain't your country who's asking. It's a few men up top who want it. Old men start it. Young men fight it. Nobody wins. Everybody in the middle dies. And nobody tells the truth. God's gonna make all that go away? Yeah, these uh, people get dropped off there. You know, Rambo eventually, after, after kind of being like, nah, I don't want to take you out there or whatever, he finally does. And oh my God, is it a massacre that happens while they are there. <laughs> so I text you the night I was watching it. And I was like, I am in complete shock. Like this almost borders on cartoonish violence. It's exploitation at its finest. <laughs> it's so violent. It's so shocking. They're like ripping kids apart and throwing them in fires. Yeah. I can't believe is, what the fuck I'm watching. There's blood and body parts fucking everywhere. And yeah, no one's safe. Kids, women, men, good guys, bad guys. Doesn't matter. Like you're going to get shredded in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and the only reason they capture anyone is to torture them or to have fun with them, which eventually leads to torture and killing them. Yeah, and this, I mean, besides just the obvious, like, ultra gore that is happening here, this is what also makes this movie kind of feel like a horror movie to me as well. You know, the, the capture... We even get like a scene where like there's these women weirdly performing on a stage. They're kind of doing this dance, but everybody looks like miserable there and it's wet and it's sweaty and it's it just everything feels gross. It feels like a horror movie. This feels like a of this time horror movie. Uh, like I said, besides just the gore. Yeah, and it doesn't hold back. No, it's the nastiest action film you can make without, you know, category of being like gore porn. Or, or just a horror film, uh, whatever you want to put the quotations around. Because, I mean, even at one point, you know, Stallone breaks into a cabin and before this guy rapes another girl, or it might have been the main star, I don't know, he like rips his Adam's apple out and they show it. Yes, and it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, most of the time they have the cutaway and then it just shows like a bloody gore in someone's hands. This one shows him rip it out of his neck. It's nuts. I love it. I I think the thing that's like fair about this movie is the fact that yeah you have like this massacre early on where this entire like village gets slaughtered and our and our missionaries get captured and stuff like that but Rambo is going to dish out just as much if not more to these people so it's like these people these uh uh nationalists that you hate you just hate these characters 
Rambo is not going to be soft on them. He's going to be ripping throats and shooting arrows through people and blowing off body parts of them uh, when he gets when he gets his revenge on them. <laughs> yeah, and the blonde Julie Julie Benz. She's a good actress. She's very pretty. She stands out in a lot of films. I've seen her a lot of things. She was in Dexter. She, you know, just has a look to her. She looks good on camera, and she's a good actress. Uh, I'm not going to say she's award-winning, but every film I see her in or every TV show like Dexter, I feel like she does a really good job, and she's kind of underappreciated. Yeah, so I think she's a modern sort of uh, example of like a character actor. You know, they just show up and stuff, and they give 110%, and then they're on to the next thing. You know, like she's just mm-hmm. a, she's a workhorse. She disappears in roles. Like, you kind of forget. You're like, is that Julie Benz? And, like, so I, I like her a lot, too, I, and I think she's good here. But I'm glad you said that because I wanted to make a point to say that Michael, her, like, sidekick, who's uh, the other guy in the uh, missionary, the sort of the other guy that has the most dialogue besides her, on the on the good guy team. This guy, however, is a terrible actor. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, what is his name? Uh Paul Paul Schultz. I haven't seen him in anything else. He was in Panic this. Room. I remember that in The Punisher. Oh, okay. The 2017 Punisher. Okay. Well, I haven't seen that. And then um yeah, and then I don't in Panic Room I don't remember him in. But in this, I don't know why. I just think he's such a bad actor. <laughs> like so much so that I wanted to point it out. He's real bad here. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He was in The Sopranos too, but he's so annoying. And he's just like one of these characters where he's just like, listen here, John Rambo, you can't go around killing people. It's like, do you, do you see what's fucking happening around you, you asshole? These people don't give a shit about what your thoughts are. <laughs> We came here to help stop the killing. Who are you to tell Who are you? Let him go! You would have raped her 50 times and cut your fucking heads off. Who are you? Who are any of you? Come back! And it's a totally a double whammy because I think he's a bad actor and he's like the most annoying character too. (laughs) Well, and then at the end, I mean, spoiler, he does, you know, like actually kill someone and realize that like these people don't care. But anyway, none of that matters. So they get captured and then we have, I don't know, like an old man come and he's just like, listen, I know you dropped them off. You're the only man who knows where they are. But the way he asked for help I don't want to say convinces Rambo because I don't think anyone convinces Rambo to do anything, but kind of is just like, you know, hey, you're the only one that can help them get these mercenaries in the right spot. But the loudmouth mercenary in him, you knew. And I love the payoff when he's just bitching at Rambo. Here you go. I'll play a clip of it. Who are you, Batman? Let's move. Move. They're going to come hunting our asses down when these guys don't show up. We don't need this shit. We're going back to the boat. Let's go. Whoa. Hey. Yeah, you boys want to shoot. Now's the time. And there isn't one of us that doesn't want to be someplace else. But this is what we do. Who we are. Live for nothing. Or die for something. 
What's your call? Let's move. After yelling at Rambo like that, I love how Rambo doesn't say a damn word. He just waits until those mercenaries get off the boat. They go to the land. They see that a bunch of these, like, I don't know, what are they even called? Like terrorists, I guess, of Burma? The the nationalist soldiers. Nationalist soldiers, like, uh, are putting bombs inside of the little rice fields and making them run across it and then basically telling them to keep going because they're betting. Rambo comes out and shoots down every one of them with an arrow. And then as that guy bitches, who the fuck are you? You know, we're not standing here. We're getting out. Rambo points an arrow right into his eye and goes, live for nothing or die for something. You're not fucking going anywhere. (laughs) It's just like, whoa. This feels like... Uh, Stallone practicing for Expendables when he has these mercenaries in here, especially because this lead loudmouth one feels very much like the Statham character in the Expendables movies. So it feels and looks like, like him a little bit, and looks like him a little bit too. Um, and yeah, we've got this whole kind of ragtag team of them. You know, there's six or seven of them that go to get to get the uh, missionaries out. So it does feel like this is sort of this weird precursor to the Expendables movies. Now the first Expendables movie, I didn't think was great. I did think the second one was great, however, but like, I'm kind of, it's kind of fun to see him sort of what it seems like, like is practicing this. Oh yeah. This is definitely a precursor to the Expendables. There's no doubt about it. Just even from the look of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Right down to that. Exactly. This one definitely is a little bit more violent in my opinion. There's a lot of violence in the Expendables, but this one's a different type of violence. Yeah, I mean this movie is like and truly also like practical effects heaven. Like a lot yeah. of this stuff like limbs and stuff being blown off and the carnage left behind and stuff. This is all like practical. I feel like as we get into kind of like the later Expendables like by like 3 and stuff like that, it's a lot of CG gunshots and things like that. This is like this is good-looking stuff. No, I think that's part of why it will play well with an 80s fan is everything's practical. They don't pull any punches. Now, in a lot of 80s films, they didn't pull punches because they like had no concept of anything that they're doing is of offensive. In this one, they don't pull any punches because fuck it. It's 2008, baby. Let's roll. <laughs> we don't care. No, no one actually thought this movie was going to be very successful. Otherwise, you don't pull $30 million from the budget at the last second and dump it in January. And like I said, this one happens to be my favorite. I think it's the one that like ends up being the best. One of the things that I felt too, like especially when we get to this mercenary point, I, I remember looking over at the clock for the first time in the movie and I was like, holy shit, there's only like 20 minutes left in this movie. Like it flies by. I think there is some slow stuff at the beginning when Rambo's not really feeling going over there and stuff like that. Like I think there is some slow parts. I'm not saying it's perfect or whatever, but this movie is paced very well. So the writer of this film that worked with Stallone was a TV guy And the editor that worked with Stallone is a TV guy. And I think that's either because Stallone could control them and get what he wanted, which let's be honest, Stallone probably was that once he was given director rights, he's like, I'm going to do what I want. But I also feel like a lot of these cuts and everything were quick, like they were trying to get to commercial. And I'm not even saying that as an insult. They weren't wasting any time. 
Uh, and I don't even think the beginning when he was just like, I don't want to help you. I don't want to do this. No. I thought it was just the right amount of time. It was it was going to get to a point real quick where you're tired of hearing that. But once the like big wig church guy came and said, you're the only one that can help us. The film literally doesn't waste another minute. They just go. Yeah, it's just it's payoff after payoff after payoff. I'm glad you brought back up that guy because there was a, that scene right before that guy gets there. Uh, Rambo's having a dream and it's clips from the other movies, including the and the alternate ending from the first one that they've cut in a little bit as well. Um, so it's we get a little a little bit of sort of this montage through this dream sequence of the whole series and sort of Rambo like dealing with it or whatever. To me, this makes this feel like sort of the Logan of the Rambo series where you need sort of the other ones to get to this point, but then this one is the best one. Yeah. You know, I, I struggle with that. Cause I think the first one's still got a little bit of the like better dark trauma and everything like that. But I think I would rather watch this one over two, definitely three. So yeah, I would say this is the second best one in my film, uh, in the filmography of all these, not to spoil that real quick until we get to the end, but you know, it's definitely not the last blood. Uh, and I look at this, I look at the editor, by the way, he did Rocky Balboa, Rambo, Warrior, Expendables 3, and Fantasy Island, which I still have not seen. But he's definitely done, he's done a lot of other work other than TV. And it looks now like he's almost exclusively in movies. So he's definitely made the leap. Yeah, and I mean, so something to be said for sort of having the, the payoff after payoff after payoff that this movie kind of has. So maybe it was this movie that propelled him into that because it works here. It works so well here. It's just like throat rip, next thing, guy getting blown up, next thing. Here's Rambo behind a Gatling gun, and he's going to take out 400 people in a forest right now. <laughs> Holy shit, when he was taking that like 50 cal or whatever that was and blowing people up, the practical effects when their bodies were being chopped up was incredible. Oh, yeah. Wow. It absolutely insane. One of like so there there's a couple there's a couple cuts of this movie. There's a director's cut which I haven't seen, so I can't comment on. But there's a work print cut which I have seen, and that was only, that was the second time I've seen this movie. And the work print cut has some more gore in it, and there is a shot in that that is it's kind of in this one, but you see more of it in the work print cut where it's the guy in the seat right in front of that gun. And I swear to God, it looks like he's just shooting up like a black garbage bag full of blood. And it is amazing. <laughs> yeah, because it's pretty brutal in the normal theater cut. But I mean, if you just stay on that for a few more seconds, yeah, they could get because he just the body just eviscerates. It's just like, yes, <laughs> there's nothing left. <laughs> it's liquid. And people yeah. are turned into liquid by this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Uh, and then. Just all the fighting with the mercenaries when they were about the the guy who had the big sniper gun that was just massive. I don't know what caliber bullets they were, but they just exploded heads like they were just watermelons. Like, yes. Uh, and you felt a lot of the gunshots. I think what's incredible about this is you feel them. 
the sound is really good and yeah like the 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 power like you kind of see the guys jolt back when they use like these guns and stuff like that you really feel the impact and then yeah when you when you see the back of people's heads being blown off like there's there's a shot that i think just like really defines this as an exploitation movie where there's just a guy on a boat and you just sort of hear the bullet coming and then just this head explodes everywhere uh you know off of the body and then the body just kind of falls down um and it's like it it's it's funny like it's funny but it's also like you're cheering at the same time too like it's 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 almost kind of like perfectly Rambo. <laughs> oh, definitely. You're you're definitely cheering for them to get out. I, I think the biggest surprising point, which I don't I guess they kept a secret during the film is at the end when you fall, when you find out that you know, when you find out Julie Ben's character and Paul Schultz's character is they're like in a relationship, they're married, but they don't really give that away at the beginning. No, they don't really talk about it too much it's not like a part of it it's like a group it's a group of missionaries going over there they're not really uh saying she he's just kind of the co-lead but then yeah at the end you see that they're actually together yeah and we should bring up that rambo dons his old knife once in this film to basically set the like mercenaries that are well the the nationalist fighters and everything when they um steal or try to steal, you know, like Julie Benz and all them. Rambo fights back, and that's when the guy yells back. He says, you can't just go around killing people. Uh, he takes a knife after they get captured. He stabs a bunch of, I don't know, gasoline barrels, throws the knife onto it as he burns the boat. And that is kind of like him saying, it's like symbolic of like, the old Rambo is gone. This Rambo is going into territories he's never gone before. And then he creates a new knife, which is more like a giant geometric rectangle machete. Yeah. And that great shot that's like iconic from the trailer where he's like hitting it when he's like smelting it and everything like that. Oh, so good. Yeah. He's he's making he's forging it himself. This isn't something that he bought from a store. No, he's making this machete. <laughs> and it's becoming a more brutal Rambo, I think. It's great that he's sort of killing the old Rambo too, because by the time we get to the end where, you know, the massacre's over, the people have been saved, Rambo's going back home. And this is the first time we've seen him back in the States since the first movie. Yeah. And, and before we get into that, we kind of realize this is the first war that Rambo chose himself. Yeah. Troutman is not here to tell him to come do this. Yeah, the first one, he was just in his own country and they brought the war to him. And the second one, he was recruited to go over there. And the third one, his friend was captured and he went over there to rescue him. This is the first one where he has, he doesn't have to. He chose to enter this war. And I think that was kind of like the symbolic burning of the old Rambo, you know, the old Rambo knife into the new one. I think that they're trying to do, and I actually felt it. I got, I think they did a good job with it. And you're right. He then returns to his dad's ranch. And, you know, we assume that he walks off in the sunset and he lives a nice life on his dad's ranch. And there was never another movie past this. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I loved the end of this movie so much that the end of my movie, (laughs) I almost do the same shot uh, from the end of this movie um spoilers for my movie i guess Um, but like are you uh, making a rambo film but i did i did use the same 
sort of shot in the way they linger on that last shot in this movie for my movie. And I'm, I'm going back and watching it now. You know, I, I shot that scene in 2013. I was obviously being influenced still by this because I loved this movie when it came out. So I just thought it was funny going back and watching it again and being like, oh, yeah, I was doing a Rambo at the end of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll go on to the museum for this one. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go off in the film museum like India and bring something back to our Rambo Wing of the Museum, it's our last Rambo film. Matt, I'll let you go first. What do you got? The last 20 minutes when he is behind that gun and just eviscerating people is my favorite. I could watch that scene over and over and over again. It's a gore fest. The practical effects are amazing. And like, it just doesn't let up. And like I said, with that one, like with the guy in the chair that's in front of him and he's just blowing him apart till he's like a liquid, like it just is unrelenting. And so I just, I loved that scene so much. So you pop Rambo behind that gun and just let him go. That's my favorite thing to put in here for the museum. Uh, mine is when he mows down all those fighters with the bow, like right in front of the mercenaries who are like hiding from them. And he's just like, yep takes them all out effortlessly (laughs) yeah because i believe that kind of shows like his age too he's not gonna go down there and fight with him fist to fist he took them out quietly silently uh very impressively and then threatens the big mouth mercenary (laughs) it's just like it's the perfect example of old man rambo he's just like i ain't got time for this bullshit you're gonna come with me you ain't going nowhere this is what we do and this is this is truly the Rambo I want to leave things with. And that's why we're not even really going to talk about Last Blood, because like this feels like final Rambo. This is final form Rambo for me. I, I believe you mean Rambo Home Alone Last Blood. <laughs> yeah. What an embarrassment that movie was. <laughs> what? Like, okay, so this movie ends on the perfect note. You know, he's going off to his father's ranch. We're going to assume that, you know, he reconnects with his father, all this shit. And the last one, this is all I'm going to say about Last Blood. They like kill the family members that he created. And then he walks off in the sunset with nothing. He is like more alone at the end of Last Blood than at any point. It feels like in the series. Like the, the it's fucking it's maddening. Yeah, and it just doesn't even feel like it is in the series. You know what I mean? It just doesn't it doesn't feel like Rambo. It just kind of feels like a lazy Sylvester Stallone movie. It could have been direct to video. Uh, and then also too, like this movie's carnage candy. You're getting you know, like bodies mowed down everywhere. No joke in Last Blood, nothing happens until the last 15 minutes. Nothing happens. No. It's it's not even good machismo dialogue. It's no. just boring for an hour and 15 minutes and then you get home alone for the last 15 minutes. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most conservative Rambos, which is, you know, not really saying much since most of them are pretty crazy. But that one's just like low key Rambo. Uh, like they don't want to offend anyone with that Rambo, which is the most disappointing part of it. 
And I think it, it, it shares a lot of ties with the Death Wish remake. Like, you don't know which way to go. Do you go in an extreme way where you offend everyone? Or do you go in the very conservative way and they kind of like sit in this middle ground? Except Rambo Last Blood kind of even goes more into the conservative where they just, they don't want to offend anyone. And if you want to make a good exploitation film, you got to offend someone. I, I, I did hear people being sort of quote unquote offended after they got out of Last Blood. And I my response was like, how? And also like, offend me. You know what I mean? Like, get a reaction out of me. It didn't even do that. <laughs> like, I, I wanted the same thing from Death Wish. I was like, come on, push my buttons, make me feel uncomfortable. Like, I don't agree with this shit. So like, make me upset. And it just didn't. And that's the same thing with Last Blood. It just like, it didn't go there. Do something. Do so- get something out of me. <laughs> I just feel like the people who are offended by Last Blood were just, you know, kind of easily triggered people because... It didn't do anything and until the last 15 minutes, and, and they just killed cartel people, really bad people. It's not like they, ah, whatever. I'm not even going to get into that. Just why do you kill the girl in the middle of it and then expect us to give a shit at the end? I don't, whatever, whatever. I'm not, might even cut that. We're done. We're moving on. Rambo is done. Rambo 4 here is the final chapter in my mind. I'll agree with that. 100%. Moving on, there was no last blood. <laughs> so that'll end it with us, uh, with the Rambo series. Matt, I guess if you had to rank them, go. I am I am reverse order. I am four, three, two, one. And I like them all, uh, but this one is head and shoulders above the rest for me. Okay, I'll put five at the bottom with the giant gap. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not even I, I didn't even say it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just putting it way down there with the giant gap. And then we, we go up like like a, a Rambo's knife, like level gap here. It's a huge gap. Uh, then we'll go. We'll go with number three. I'll go with two. I'll go with four and I'll go with one. All right. Nice. But four and one are close. Surprisingly close. I think like really neck and neck. Now, if. If I had to sit down and rewatch one of the films right now, I'm watching four. So maybe you could say that's my favorite. Yeah, it's it's definitely mine. I, I don't know why for uh, me, I, it's in total reverse order. I don't know why, like I loved three more than two. I don't know why I love two more than one. But for whatever reason, it's just like I, for me, they just kind of kept getting better. Um, and I think it's kind of funny that like parallel to our Lethal Weapon reviews, you know, it. The, I feel like this series kind of has it where the fourth one ha- has a lot of respect for the first movie, um, and I and I appreciated that. Yeah, I'm with you. I I feel like they wanted to return to, well, they wanted to make a completely different movie and kind of have the same undertones with the characters, and I think the the fourth one pulls it off with the interaction between Riggs and Murtaugh, and this one pulls it off with the character of Rambo like choosing his own war. He's doing this on his own. Uh, and I, I think that's pretty cool. I like that because the first one was basically a war by himself. And here we are again, kind of. <laughs> I think a completist, you know, I think most people can skip three and some of you could even say skip one or two, but I think one and four are the most interesting in my eyes. Uh, two is just a fun cartoon, which is fun. Uh, three 
has moments of being a fun cartoon, but there's big moments of nothing happening. Uh, for me, there was nothing happening, nothing interesting. So it's interesting that a lot of these films, because usually you get the one and the three sharing something, do you know? Yeah, the evens and the odds kind of a little bit. But yeah, this one, not so much. This one, it's more, it's a build. It's a build, and then we kind of full circle it with this, I feel like. With four, we, we're, he's back home again for the first mm-hmm. time, you know? So I think we, it's, a, it's a nice crescendo that we get with this series. It is, yeah. It ends it well. So that'll end it for our Rambo franchise review. We will come back next week with a one-offer before we get into our Halloween franchises. We got, we've got we got one more action film that we're going to go through. Yeah. We've had an action-fucking-packed summer, uh, but we're going we're gonna to do one more action movie before we go to my favorite, the uh, horror season here. So not that I don't love action movies. I'm a genre boy. I like them all. But uh, I, uh, I'm very excited to give us one more hefty good action and then take us into the Halloween month. Yes, we will have a guest star for that one. One that is returning. You have heard their voice before, but it's been a while, so it's exciting to have them come back. I'm not going to give away who it is. Yeah, it'll be very fun. Okay. So, remember to be kind. And rewind. <laughs>